Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. She put a thing on an Instagram just saying... Um, any, you know, female brewers, have you ever been met with, like, sexism or have you been discriminated against because you're a female? And fuck me, like, the amount of messages that she got, like, mm. overwhelming. Wow. Like, she was putting them on her stories and it was like, you'd be sitting there for, like, hours, like, reading it. And I actually had to stop because it was, wow. it was quite intense, like, but it was the same, like, um, you know, like, people of colour, um, people who, you know, like, LGBT, uh, just everybody flooding her Instagram with these messages and it really took the, the beer industry by fucking storm because it was mm -hmm. just like, right, let's sit up and actually talk about this kind of thing. Lindsay is from Scotland and moved to Ireland three years ago to work as a brewer. We get into lots of different topics in this podcast, varying from her travels around the world, the different processes and techniques used in beer making, and what life is like working as a female brewer in a traditionally male working environment. She's great fun, a role model for her profession, and best of all, despite her travels all around the world, has maintained her Scottish wit and sense of humour. Keep listening to the end to hear lots of different pub recommendations in Dublin as well, I'll put the links to all of those places in the description of this episode. Thanks to all of you who are listening. We love getting your messages of support, so please do continue to reach out to us on Instagram. Remember that for those in Dublin, we have live podcasts every Monday, and if you would like to come to one of them, just send us a quick message on Instagram and we'll send you the details. And now, our conversation with Lindsay. Um, like when I came back to Dublin after being away for a while, for me it felt new that you could go to, let's say, Kate, like you could go to a Mexican restaurant where there was actually Mexicans working there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whereas you know, fifteen years ago that wasn't the case, or there might have been one, but you know, it wasn't really Mexican. Um, or there was very few genuine, uh, like, authentic, multicultural aspects of the city. Yeah, yeah. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. 
Uh, whereas Dublin now is like it's brilliant. It's, it's so multicultural, man. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> definitely. It's definitely the best part of the city. Like, ah, uh, yeah, I would say brings, like um, brings the best out of it. Yeah, in terms of like places that I lived, particularly the UK kind of thing. But like, uh, yeah, no, there's a lot more like cultural diversity mm-hmm, yeah. here, and I love how it's embraced as well. Like, it's yeah. definitely sure. yeah. How, yeah it's how cool. long have you been here? I've been here just coming up three years. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, when I leave, it's pretty much my three year anniversary. <laughs> um. But that so, means, so it's it's called so you're 2019, so did, just before, yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, Keen and I were talking. The last pints that we had in the pub was when remember we were out that day. And we went and played Scrabble in we the, the played, pub. Yes, yeah. actually, yeah. yeah. So my my ex girlfriend was over at the <laughs> yeah, time, yeah, yeah. and uh, we went for a walk. Went back to. Um, uh, I was down in a in Chapel Lizard. Chapel Lizard, yep. yeah. Went into the pub. We played Scrabble, but and she bit us all as well. Yeah, <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah, we we did we did compensate the rules. We allowed certain French words, but she was coming uh, up with the fucking crazy ones like uh, <laughs> which were like using all the letters that give you like the super high points and everything. And so we kind of fucked ourselves. Could over. not compete. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, can I use Scottish slang? Oh, <laughs> sick, <laughs> you know the rule of the contestant, the Scrabble words as well. Like, no, no. Yeah, nobody knows about it. You can contest a word if you don't believe it's real. Oh no, I know that rule. Yeah. Keen and I played that rule before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you lose, then you lose those points. Mm-hmm. Oh no, so you. Okay. There's a specific Scrabble dictionary as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have played a game where you play and you can create words as long as you can justify mm. the word blend. Okay. Yeah. So it could be like the underland. And like, what's the underland? Oh, it's the um, the floor of a cave. It's, yeah, yeah, something like that. Exactly. Yeah. As long as it makes sense. As long as you justify it, you can play the, play the game. But uh, no, I've never. So it doesn't have to actually be a word. You just have to justify it well enough. Yeah, so like you explain it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you need to know like certain prefixes and suffixes and what they mean, and then you kind of try and figure it out together. And just kind That's of create the, a word. by the rules of the language. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> you create your own meaning. <laughs> Yeah. But no, because we were talking about that because it was so funny because like, um, yeah, we were supposed to have a house party that night. So um, myself and, and Ross's cousin, mm-hmm. Kian, we work for a whiplash brewery. Well, he doesn't anymore. Um, but we took like a keg dispenser mm. and we had a big keg of IPA and we're like, oh, we're going to have this brilliant house party. And then like COVID was just slowly starting to become a thing. And like people were dropping out. They're like, oh, like, don't really know how I feel about being in a group. But it was before like the proper lockdown had kicked in. And yeah. Uh, Keen and I were like, oh fucking hell! So like, if they dropped out, we left you guys, mm. and then <laughs> and I just went home and like drank so much of that cake, like, oh my god, oh god! And we just sat and watched like all these YouTube videos. Like, he introduced me to like um, the Rubber Bandits, yeah. like so many yeah. like really cool Irish cultural things. And then I'd done the vice versa. I was like, oh, Glasgow, we listen to this. Like, <laughs> yeah. it was such yes. a gas night. And then yeah, like fucking four days later, I was like, my he's not going anywhere. Went to shit. <laughs> Went out with the bank. That's nice. Oh god, right. dying, yeah, yeah. Do you see any similarities between Glaswegian culture? And Very much so. Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I got here, um, I, I so it was like it was 2019 when I actually got offered the job yeah. to to move here, and uh, I get dropped off. You know the big romance mm-hmm. up Parnell Street. Oh yes. So they are in conjunction with with Whiplash Brewery, um, so they were having like a kind of party there, and I was invited over for Whiplash's festival. It was called Fidelity, and mm-hmm. um, it was in the Mansion House in town. And I, I got out of the taxi and I was just like, oh my God, like this feels like Glasgow. Mm-hmm. Like it was really, it felt really familiar. Mm-hmm. Was that the first time you were in Dublin? That was the first time I was in Dublin, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I came through the airport, but I'd never been in the city. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I was just like, fuck, this actually feels like somewhere I could live. Yeah. And then that night, I got off of the job to move here. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, no way. Like, yeah, yeah. 
But um, I, so that was the July 2019, but the plant was still getting built. So um, I just went back to, the, to Scotland and then I came over again in the February, wow, the following nice. year kind of thing. But no, there's a lot of like the, the culture, the, the banter, like just the, the feel of the people. Yeah. I feel it's so alike. Like, mm. yeah, yeah. Like, we get each other's references. Same, very similar sense of humour. Very yeah. similar. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Aye. Just yeah. really good crack. I remember <laughs> travelling and I, I met, became friends with a guy from, from Glasgow. And yeah, when, when you're travelling, like, you do sometimes struggle with, you know, other cultures and kind of having that, like, crack or banter or whatever, because there are other cultures that just don't, it, it's not the same. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And from my experience, it was like, the only ones who really got, let's say, the Irish dark sense of humour were, uh, strangely enough, Swedish people. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, I didn't expect that. <laughs> and Scots. Aye. Yeah, it was, it was really similar. Mm. And I was, there was this lad that we, like, it, you know, you just have this crack and banter and you, you just, it was like, oh, this is weird because like, it doesn't translate to England. It's like, they can't have, they, they the take same. themselves a little bit more seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit more kind of about who you are, whereas we just kind of, destroy ourselves uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and each other <laughs> yeah 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 um so that's always going it's so funny like uh, i lived overseas for a long time between australia and new zealand and uh, the majority of my friends were irish mm. they were just like magnets mm. like we're just t- like drawn to each other like yeah, yeah. all my housemates um yeah just like pals i was working in hospitality i was working and uh, behind bars and stuff but uh, yeah, majority Irish. And where where so in, in Australia and New Zealand? So Australia, I was mainly in Melbourne and St Kilda mm-hmm. for the first year. And then the second year I was in Surfers Paradise in the Gold Coast. Lovely. <clears throat> and then New Zealand. Uh, it was funny because like, I'd done a year in, in Australia. I don't know, the farm work, all mm-hmm. that kind of jazz. Yeah. Um, but then I uh, just wasn't having the best time. Okay. And my best friend from, from Scotland had moved to New Zealand. Yeah. And I... Uh, I remember it was just like this one day, like I was working on this farm uh, and like just that one day, everything felt like shit, mm. you know, just like so many things went wrong and I was like, right, I'm just going to go home. Like, what's the point in staying here? And that night I hadn't spoke to Elaine in ages and she phoned me randomly. She was like, oh, I was just thinking about you, blah, blah, blah. And I was telling her what was going on and uh, she was like, dog, just come to New Zealand. Mm. Like, even just come and see what it's like. Um, so I was like, right, I'm going to do it. So I used the last of my money and I mean, like the last of my money. I was so skint, like unbelievably yeah. skint. And uh, so I booked this flight and went to, um, it was Fitianga up in the Coromandel. So just like in the north of Auckland. Yeah. Uh, and I was supposed to be there for three weeks and I stayed for three years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. New Zealand's beautiful. It's the most oh. beautiful country I've ever been to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereabouts were you? I did that uh, three week. I trip down on Lord the green bus. Oh <laughs> yeah, like the Kiwi experience or something it's called. Something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is back in like 2012. Right, oh, I was there at that point as well oh, actually. Really? Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. I had the time of my life because it's the first ever so I went to Australia by, by myself, but I knew people there. So mm, yeah, yeah. I can it was the same thing. Technically yeah. wasn't yeah. like a solo trip. But to New Zealand at the time I was like a bit like yourself, I didn't have much money left. I knew I was going home at a certain point. I was like I have a feeling I'm not going to be back here anytime soon. I'm going to go to New Zealand and I'm just going to just see what happens. Yeah. And I had the time. It was the first ever solo trip that I did, like where I didn't know anybody. And I had, it was the best experience yeah. ever. I'm so grateful. I got to meet great people on that bus. Um, and I suppose a lot of people in the same situation as you as well, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was, it was groups. Plus times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you get like, you get some like it was different groups on the mm-hmm. I remember there was a group of girls from Liverpool there 
um, they like were very like stereotypically like loud and they were podlians, <laughs> but they just ripped the piss out of me. So my name is Mark Kelly, so they just thought that was hilarious yeah. for some reason. So they called me. <laughs> How times have changed. They called me R. Kelly threat. <laughs> <laughs> That would be happening again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, they were a bit old for you. We don't get any money over this anymore. <laughs> then you, meet, you, you meet some characters. There was an Irish guy there, and he was the most stereotypically looking Irish. His name was Cormac. Pasty white skin, reddest of red hair, super skinny. Um, just very like vague about everything. He didn't really know anything about him, but like very chatty at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and like I remember, like he he kept going on for so long about how he had no money, yeah. to the extent that we saw him fishing in a river one day. <laughs> no, just <didn't> know. Right. <laughs> part of the trip we stopped off in this bar it was kind of in the middle of nowhere and i think they kind of to make it a bit more entertaining they were like right costume party mm-hmm. and we were all like oh whatever you know let's just go for a few beers yeah. he rocks up with this proper like incredible costume we're like where'd you get that from he's like i went to the shop and i got it and it's like how much did that cost he's like yeah, I spent my last hundred dollars. Oh my god! Education and cost, like oh my god! Back to the fishing pole. Uh, <laughs> ended up winning like two hundred dollars of a, like a, a costume party prize. There you go. Got to spend money to make money, my friend. Yeah, you meet these characters. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So good fun. Really good. I spent the majority of it in Fatianga, but I've done two seasons. Um in the South Island because mm. Fatiana is a very um, seasonal town obviously right up the top of the summer it is crazy like just so many people so many tourists um, but in the winter just dies instantly so um, I thought right I'll just keep following the work yeah. kind of thing so um, the first season I went down I tried to go to Queenstown did you hit Queenstown? yeah, yeah. Beautiful. such a cool place yeah. man um, but I, I got there just after the kind of like seasonal boom so that there was no work yeah. um, so I ended up going to Dunedin Okay. Uh, so I was in Dunedin for a while, me and my friend Elaine, um, and again, like trying to get bar work, hospitality work, there was nothing really going. So I ended up being a, a, like just on housekeeping in a motel, mm-hmm. um, which actually worked out really well because the family um, that owned the motel, the the uh, the wife was Scottish, mm-hmm. so her and I, we got on really well, blah, 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 and then her husband was American, and uh, they were going back to America for a holiday, like a family holiday, and they asked me if I would motel sit. So I looked after the motel for like a few weeks, so like I was in charge of everything. But I was living in a hostel at the time, like Elaine and I were living in a hostel and it was freezing, man, like proper bleak winter, cold, wet. And uh, this hostel was just like so grim. And uh, so, but with the hotel sitting, you get to move into the, the oh, motel. No. Yeah. So my two was like, yes, man, like heated <laughs> <Yeah>. floors, <laughs> yeah. like this bed that I slept in, it was like a king, king, king bed. Like oh. I could have starfished like three times. Like <laughs> it was amazing, but it was so weird. Cause like um, their son was still there, uh, Josh. Uh, in the beginning, he was like, I was in my, like, in my late twenties at that point. He was like 21, I think, but we didn't really get on. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? It was weird. And I was just like, right, I'm moving into this lad's house. Like, this is a bit weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's funny, like, we ended up, we found out we both smoked. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just like, oh, he's throwing a smoke as well. Uh, and then we became best pals. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was just like, it was, it was such a cool experience. So um, after that, we, we went back up to Fitianga. So at the summer there, 
and then done the same thing went back down south but I went earlier this time and I actually had a friend who had went down before me Yeah. Um, so he got a, a, a job in this really cool pub and, and I, I got the job there as well so nice. I ended up staying there for I think that one was six, seven months okay. I was in Queenstown I, I met one of my best friends in the whole wide world Sinead she's actually from uh, Newbridge mm-hmm. um, but her and I I lived with her and her sister and uh, yeah still like the, the she's one of my closest friends like uh, but yeah, we just had a brilliant winter, like so mm. much fun, so yeah. much fun, so much drinking, like yeah. it's such excessive drinking. I never really had Jaeger bombs before, I was there. <laughs> oh my God, like <laughs> fucking hell, just so excessive, but not yes. grand. And then I went back up to Fitianga and then um, and then I actually went back to Australia after that. So, cause I'd done my, my farm work to get yeah, the, the second year visa, yeah. but I didn't know, I, I thought you had to do it consecutively. So okay. I just kind of written it off. Um, and then somebody had said, they're like, no, no, you like, you get five years or something mm-hmm. to, to um, apply for it. So I was like, oh, fuck it, I'll do it and see what happens. And I got it. So nice. I went back to Australia. That's when I was in Surfer's Paradise uh, for that year. And then, yeah, I was like, oh, I'm going to stay here. But things were just falling through. Like, there was no security jobs. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, we could sponsor you. We might. You know, it, was, it wasn't really solid kind of thing. And then, yeah, again, like the, the, the bar that I worked for, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, we will sponsor you. Okay. Um, I was like, oh, amazing. And then at the last minute, they're like, oh, actually, we can't afford yeah. to do it because they pay for it up front. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So I was just like, right. And then I went back to New Zealand with my tail between my legs, just being like, guys, can I come back and live here? And they were like, no. Oh. <laughs> so I went back to Scotland after that. And so, like, because this has kind of been a theme over the last couple of conversations that we've had around visas and stuff like right, that. Right, right. Okay, yeah. Because we've gone from, you know, talking to like a Mexican girl who obviously has either had, you know, visa issues here in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then we just, our last conversation with uh, Dervila, she was living in New York. She eventually moved back because of visa. She didn't get another visa. Yeah. Um, if it was a case where you didn't have to apply for a visa over there, would you would you, would you still be there? Do you think? Would you still be in Australia or New Zealand? I don't know. Like, um, maybe. Like, I did enjoy the life there. Uh, New Zealand, maybe not, because um, like my, my parents came over to visit me. Yeah. Uh, when I was there and the flight was too too much for my mum she didn't enjoy it yeah and she was like I don't know if I could do that again so the thought of being somewhere where you can see your parents easily I mean that's that's the main reason why I'm moving back to Scotland is to be closer to them yeah Um, but I did like the life I I suppose maybe towards the end in Australia like things were kind of starting to irritate me like and I think it was where I was as well because I was in Surfer's Paradise which is basically like the Benidorm of the Southern Hemisphere (laughs) like just party time all the time just big concrete jungle and when I moved there as well I was like, oh, Surfer's Paradise didn't do any research on it. <laughs> That's what I was like, what is going away? Like, Summer Bay? I was like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. Then I rocked up and I was like, I rocked up and I was like, oh, fucking hell. Um, so, I actually, I couldn't, I couldn't say, maybe, but I, would, I, I did enjoy the life there. Yeah. Um, but I, I suppose, again, like these things, like I'm, I'm such a firm believer and everything happens for a reason. Like, yeah. That's totally my mantra. Um, <laughs> but it was like, uh, if I hadn't have came back to Scotland when I did, my career wouldn't be the way it is now. You know, like I fell into craft beer, I would I love beer anyway. Mm. But then, um, yeah, I was working for a few kind of specialised bars and then I, I, I got in with a brewery and, and that's when it all kind of started. So I, I would kind of think to myself, like, if that hadn't happened, would I be in the position I'm in at the moment? Yeah. Kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, I like to think that, that um, it was meant to be. <laughs> so, so your career in brewing, uh, rather than you decided I'm going to go back and become a brewer to get into brewing, you kind of fell into it naturally. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, was that back in Glasgow? I was in Scotland, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was, um, I, the brewery was called Finals. So it was up in Argyll. So okay. like in the bottom of the Highlands. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, stunning, like absolutely stunning place to be. 
Um, so yeah, I actually started off doing sales for them. So like I was bar work, and then I started off doing sales for them. But sales was just not for me, like because everyone was like, "Oh, you get such good chat," and, and I was like, "Yeah." I can talk about VR. Normally, yeah. yeah, yeah Normally, yeah. you're trying to you're trying to sell it. Like it was just, it just wasn't me. I couldn't close sales. Cringe, isn't it? Yeah. Is that the going around bar to bar? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Doing phone calls, like yeah. going to account visits. But I, I was covering the whole of the west coast of Scotland, mm. so sometimes to go to one account, yeah. it would take me all day to get there. Mm-hmm. And then, and it also was a very lonely job. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I like being around colleagues. I like being around people. Yeah. And yeah. um, whereas when you're doing sales, like you're just in the car yourself yeah. all the time. Like I did a little bit of that when I uh, after I finished. Um, my undergraduate in DCU, I lucky enough to get a grad program working with a uh, Irish drinks company, but it was an English marketing company over in uh, America. And you're like, oh yeah, it's you know very super sociable. You're talking to people, you're going out, all this kind of thing. No, like ninety percent of it is getting up super early yeah. and driving like five, six, seven hours a day to go in have a twenty minute, half an hour conversation with someone to go to another place to keep driving. Yeah, extremely lonely. Oh, very depressing. much so. Yeah. And then a lot of people are just like jacked up on the larger companies. Mm-hmm. So because you're selling, I was selling whiskey. You'd have oh well, Jameson said that they'd put six hundred quid behind the bar and they'd do this and they'd provide this, and I'm just like. I'm a small, tiny startup yeah. kind of distillery. Yeah. We can't really offer can't you anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then they're just like, oh, maybe we <laughs> might take one bottle. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, I know oh exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It was pre- that was pretty much my experience as well because uh, finals was on the more expensive side of mm-hmm. the craft beer industry in, in Scotland. Um, and like I say, like I couldn't close sales. I'd be talking about it and I'd be like, oh, jazzed up, and then I'd give the price, and they were just like, oh, and I'd be like. Alright, have a good day, see you later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I knew what it was like to be the public and mm-hmm. you know, I knew what it was like to have these people coming in. Um so yeah, I was just like uh, eventually I think it was maybe about four or five months. Um and I just said to the owner of the brewery, I was like, look, this job is not for me. I really want this brewery to succeed. Me doing sales, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Yeah. But I was like, I just want to I want to I don't want to sell it, I want to make it. Mm-hmm. Like I was really obsessed with production, really wanted to get get my foot in the door. Um, unfortunately with that brewery because it was a kind of traditional cask old school like kind of traditional cask ale brewery um, there was a job that came up and it was just like washing casks mm. so like the, the, the bottom of the barrel kind of thing and <laughs> I was like yeah. oh, this but the owner of the brewery was just a bit like oh. he said that I was too small and not physically strong enough to do that job Okay. So it was a bit like, right, fuck you. So, but anyway, yeah. Montage, um, so sequence, yeah, yeah, like, uh, and I was like, they didn't even give me a chance. That was yeah. the thing as well. I was like, yeah. just, you know, can I let me try? But, and so instead I ended up uh, working in their bar, like, can I run their bar for a while? But again, I was just like, I'd be looking into the brewery because everything was on site because it was so isolated. Yeah. I was looking in, I was like, right, I could definitely do that. And then I would go in and just like, do little cleaning tasks, mm-hmm. like, just kind of try to pick up a wee bit of experience. Um, and then eventually I applied for the job in Buxton okay. uh, and they hired me straight away pretty much which was really good um, so and I kind of explained my, my situation to them and uh, they were like yeah I went down and done a, a trial you know just like I was working on the bottling mm-hmm. line again just cleaning doing kind of random tasks and uh, yeah I found out after it as well which I was quite <laughs> overwhelmed um, but and then there was 50 applicants for that job five of them were female Mm-hmm. And four of them had degrees from Harriet Watts, which is like the big brain and distilling uh, university in, in Edinburgh. Edinburgh. And uh, I was the only one that didn't have any qualifications and it was me that got the job. I was oh, like, wow. oh my nice. God. Nice. Like, yeah. But I think with craft beer as well, like it's passion, it's enthusiasm. Yeah. 
you can learn everything on the job. Like, I don't have any qualifications. Mm. Um, and I've been brewing for, what, six years now? Um, I still make mistakes, like, don't get me wrong. And there's still some things, like, I'm not really the best with numbers, so I still get a wee bit, like, kind of overwhelmed with that. But, like, if you just love what you do, mm-hmm. then, it, yeah, I've picked everything up on the job, so. Yeah. Were there much of a, uh, I mean... Scotland or Scotch whiskey, uh, super famous. You got your Highlands, you got your Islas, you got your Skies. Uh, yeah, Lowlands. Lowlands. Yeah. You got you got so much within a dense, uh, <laughs> like a dense population <laughs> yeah. of distilleries. Um, what's the kind of, I guess, uh, is there a clash between the the craft brew industry and the classic Scotch industry? Is there not so much? I don't think I think they actually work really well mm-hmm. together. To not be fair, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, when I worked for Finals, uh, we done a. a a beer it was called Fine Bank okay. and it was a collaboration with Springbank Distillery mm-hmm. and Campbelltown um, so yeah so basically we'd use like the, the, their peaty flavours in the beer and it was mm-hmm. like a golden ale it was actually a delicious one but um, and then again I think um, relationships because a lot of breweries like to barrel age their beers mm-hmm. so they'll, they'll approach distilleries and, and be like right can we buy X amount of barrels from mm-hmm. you so no I, I think they, they, they marry well together yeah. I don't think there's any um, any too much like oh this beer or like you know this whiskey um, but actually when I was thinking about going back to Scotland because um, I've not got a job <laughs> I'm just going home and see what happens mm-hmm. but uh, I might look more into the distilling side of things yeah. uh, I think there's maybe a bit more opportunity because I don't want to leave the west coast I don't want to leave Glasgow really because mm-hmm. it's yeah. closest to my, my parents house in mm-hmm. Um yeah I think I might I might have a wee dip my toe in that in that pool what, what does that like your day look like as a brewer like what? So, um, with Whiplash, uh, it's uh, a brewery that's got like quite a small um, kit that they work on, but we have quite big tanks to fill. Okay. So, we probably mash in, like, so we'll do like five or six brews a day. Okay. Um, depending on what's going on. So, my side of things, so I'm like the lead seller brewer. So, um, basically, we're split in two sides. So, there's a hot side and the cold side. Okay. I look after the cold side. Um, so, basically, once the wort is is been boiled and went through its, its transition in the whirlpool and whatnot and um, it'll get transferred into a fermentation vessel an fe mm-hmm. as soon as it has the fe i look after that so uh, in my side things it can be different every day so you do a lot of cleaning as a big a big yeah. like hygiene and it's got to be yeah. top notch like um but we like so we'll track fermentation Okay. Um, do a lot of yeast um, management, so like pitching, cropping, reusing the yeast. Uh, we dry hop, so like we'll get like the hop pellets. Um, so once the beer's finished fermenting, that's when you add the hops in to get that kind of aroma, to get the nice juicy flavour. And obviously, I'm sure you've all drank like kind of fancy IPAs. Yeah. Um, and you know, like there's it's quite complex flavours in terms of the, the the hops. So we do that. We do any additions. So like if it's maybe a porter, you're putting coffee in it or, or that, mm. which is really fun. Like I love those, yeah, those yeah. bits of it. Like uh, we do a lot of zest beer. So like orange, lime, all that kind of jazz. Uh, like it's, it's, it's a messy and it can sometimes be a nightmare. But when you taste the end product, you're like, yes, this is so good. Um, so we transfer all the beer. So just before they go um, to get packaged. So we've got our own cannon line um, in the brewery. So we look after all of that, make sure the carbonation's right. Um, yeah, just jump a bit like that. But the hot side's different. It's very um, repetitive because they just do the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. And um, in, in a, so you do the cold side, but the hot side is essentially you're getting in the barley, you're turning it into mash, into worse, exactly. and then you yeah, get everything yeah, else yeah, after yeah. that. So we'll mash in and then it goes through. Whiplash, we've got quite a, a unique bit of brewing equipment. It's called a mash filter. 
Okay. Um, it's more known in the distilling side of things, but basically you push the malt through mm-hmm. um, after it's spun and it's, it's got up to temperature. Um, you push it through this filter and basically it just squeezes every single bit of extract that you want to get from the malt so it produces like really quality work. Okay. So like I think Whiplash are quite renowned for like really big IPAs, really good mouthfeel, clean beers and the mash filters definitely got, got a lot to do with that. So it's, it's quite unique in, in wow. the craft beer kind of uh, world. So yeah, it'll go through the filter, it'll go into the kettle, it'll boil, we maybe put wee additions in, some salts, you know, just kind of balance out the water um, profile. Um, I've had some hops in there as well, and then it'll go to the whirlpool where it just gets spun, and then it'll co- get pulled down before it transfers into the FE because it's usually about seventy odd degrees when it's mm-hmm. in the whirlpool, okay. and then it goes to a heat exchanger, and then it cools it down, and then it goes into the into the FE. So nice, yeah. I imagine like these like like huge vats of of beer. Um, or fermenting beer. Could you swim in one? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. That's out of the way. If you love your life, we're floating. <laughs> floating. Yeah. It's actually I heard this really mad horror story, but it was like um, it was one of the big breweries in uh, I think it may have been Carlsberg. Okay. It was one of the big ones like that, but um, I, I, one of the employees fell in Oof. to one of the FEs, but it didn't drown. It was the CO2 that killed yeah. him. He suffocated yeah, yeah, yeah. the CO2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a yeah. swimming pool of Coca-Cola. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, was up in, uh, I was up in Bushmills um, about six, seven years ago, so I went in on the tour. And uh, I had been in one before, but it was the first time I'd ever been like up close. And they opened up the masher, you know, where they're mm-hmm. agitating it and trying to get the, the CO2. Like he said... Stick your head there and have a smell. So I was like, okay, and when I put in, literally, I, I thought I was, I thought I had died. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it's literally, it's just all of this carbon dioxide, your, everything blocks, you jump back, uh-huh. and then the guy's laughing there beside you. <laughs> <it. laughs> like the big so dude at the gym. Yeah, he's like, yeah. what an idiot, what a fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> oh, uh, no, I mean, we, yeah. we, we, we use a lot of CO2 as well, because mm-hmm. we use it to, um, like, purge the tanks. So yeah. if we're transferring the beer before it goes to package, um, we've got to make sure there's no oxygen inside the tanks because oxygen makes the beer go off. It could become oxidised kind of thing. So we use a lot of CO2. So um, when we are purging at the end of it, like, you know, once the beer's gone, like when we're degassing the tanks, luckily we're in quite a big building and there's good, there's decent no ventilation. Yeah. Um, but you can see it. You can see the shadow of the CO2 rippling at the tanks. Yeah. Like, it's, it's mad. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, imagine it's kind of stressful trying to, like, make sure nothing happens to... Like, as you say, no contamination. Yeah. Like, yeah. this type of thing. And again, like, Whiplash are so, like, the breweries that I'd worked for in the UK, um, there's a thing, it's like, it's like DO, so it's dissolved oxygen. So that would be, like, you know, kind of in the beer. So when you're transferring it, like, everything's sealed completely tight, like, no oxygen can get in through the lines or anything like that. Um, but the breweries that I worked for at home, they'd be like, oh, yeah, it's parts per billion. Like, it's, it's an insane measurement. Mm-hmm, like, yeah. still to this day, I'm like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Um, but, uh, so the breweries that was like, oh, 100's fine, you know, 100 ppb. Uh, and, but Whiplash, it was like, no, 20. So that their standards are so high oh, wow. to make sure that like absolutely none of the beer will go off. Like it's packaged perfectly. It's carbonated perfectly. Um, yeah, I'd never seen standards wow. so so high. And I was like, fuck, this is, this is impressive. Okay. Yeah. So, but no, you're right. It can't be stressful when something goes wrong or maybe like a fitting's loose. Mm-hmm. Like, oh no, if I just like fuck this batch of beer, that would be worth thousands of euros like yeah. thousands and thousands so no that is there's, there's paranoia yeah, <laughs> quite yeah, a lot sure, sometimes yeah or like um, because we use parasitic acid as our sterilant okay um, so you need to make sure that all the PA is because like, it oxidises as well yeah. um, so we've got to make sure that's all at the tank and if it's not like it's, it's bad so times did you learn all of this just from like 
on the job. On the job. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Pretty much. Yeah. Very technical, like. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Very technical. <laughs> yeah. Like the good thing about Whiplash, and then obviously before I came as well, like I mean the amount of books that we've got, mm. we've got like a small library for beer books. So if there is anything that you're maybe a bit like, oh, maybe don't fully understand that, we've got a reference to go to straight away, and then obviously the internet as well is brilliant. I tried to go old school, like I'm still mm. going to read books. Um, <laughs> but no, mate, yeah, just picked, picked it all up uh, on the job. So I'm a very practical person, if you know what I mean. Like, I'm, I'm not good. I left school when I was 15. Mm-hmm. I don't like studying. Mm-hmm. That's like, you know, I've got to be like, oh, I could do all these courses. And then I'm like, but you know what you'll do? You'll wing it until the last minute. And mm. then you'll fucking stress out because you need to do all this studying. <laughs> and then, like, you know, you just put yourself through all this thing that you hate anyway. Mm. Works so well don't do pressure. it. <laughs> yeah, totally, man. So, um, but yeah, I think again, if it's just something that you're really interested in, uh, and yeah, like just fascinated of how the hell you get this to this yeah. to this. Like, yeah. yeah, it does sound a lot more complicated than I thought. I have a friend that makes beer in his house just yeah. as a hobby. Yeah, and he says, "Yeah, I put this in the bottle, I let it sit for a couple of days, and then yeah." I'm like, okay. I mean, it's I just think it's that, that's a bigger scale. You know, it's so much more like, complex oh, than God. I imagined. Oh, yeah. I wish it was as easy as that. To be fair. Yeah. <laughs> Just look at it, and one day it's yellow, and you know you can drink it. <laughs> Is there bubbles? Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Aye. They have one of those like LLS and uh, the like an S joint coming out. That's all I remember. Man. Oh, like the uh, oh god, what's that called again? It's a bubble something. Yeah. But yeah, it's to see like the track, the CO two or like the yeah, the option. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think it's just called a bubbler actually. Yeah, bubbler. A bubbler. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> um, they put them on like the barrels as well when you're aging the beer. Mm-hmm. We'll put bubblers on so them as well. Not a, it's not a building up pressure that's ah, yeah, just blow up. <laughs> like, yeah. Which again is something that that can happen, um, especially with craft beer, like. Um, Certain types of yeast, well, in fact, all yeast, mm. but um, they can pick up an infection. It's called uh, diastaticus. So, di- diac, we just um, do it, say it for short. But basically, diastaticus infection is when, um, so like it'll be in, in the yeast when you think that the, the beer's fermented. Mm-hmm. But if this diastaticus is pre- present, you'll change the temperature of the beer to cool it down, wow. get it ready to go. But this diastaticus strain, Things that the beer's still fermenting, so it'll keep going, like you know, keep munching on enzymes oh, or whatever, and, and then the beer will get packaged with the diastaticus infection inside it, and then it'll go to the customers, and then the cans explode, oh. which is quite fucking intense. <laughs> and you don't know till it's in a can, like so basically, yeah, but again, it went flash like because our uh, standards are so high. <laughs> And we do diac tests, right? Yeah. Also, like mm-hmm. once the beers, uh, it's for every temperature change, pretty much. Because, okay. like, well, as soon as the temperature changes, obviously it changes the mentality of the yeast. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's like you pick it up. In fact, you, you'll maybe actually recognise it because it's quite, um, it's quite apparent in some lagers. Mm-hmm. But it kind of tastes like butter. Okay. okay. So, a bit kind of weird, kind of buttery, kind of yeah. thing. But to be fair, like a lot of the German lagers, like it, it's good, like mm-hmm. it's present. Mm-hmm. But with craft beer, because the hop content and like it's, it's a different. It's a different, different beer. Chemistry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so like uh, most brewers in, in, in industry will probably do this, but when you pick up a can if you squeeze it. And it's... If, it is, if it's bulging, put it back and yeah. tell the, the guy, like, mm-hmm. yeah, look at this. Watch out. Um, yeah. yeah, I've seen some Especially really... Especially if the can comes from Belfast. Like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 you said that, don't <laughs> <laughs> 
They don't want to watch it taken off on TikTok or anything. Oh god. But no, I've seen I've seen some like quite scary footage of like CCTV and like a bottle shop where like somebody just touching the can and yeah, explodes. Yeah, I've seen a couple of those. Like. When they explode though, it's like a um, it's like a cartoon, you know, because yeah. the shredded tin it yeah. just like, looks yeah. like a fucking cartoon. Like it's, it's yeah. mad. Yeah. yeah, I guess it comes straight up because the, the can is pressed on top. Of yeah. It, yeah. So it, there is an obvious area it's going to come out. Yeah. It, it has there been like I, I don't know maybe. My sense of taste has come back. Maybe I've had COVID for about 21 years of my life. <laughs> I've been tasting a lot more malt in beers okay, yeah. recently. Um, like any, any, like is it um, Madri is one of them. Okay. Like a lot of these, I guess they're the generic, like Diageo or Perno or whoever uh, owns the brand. Uh, I think Molten's is uh, uh, Madri, but. It's super, super malty these mm-hmm. days. Is there like some sort of re- remalting of no- normal <laughs> beers? I don't know, like- if I'm honest, actually, I don't know, but it could just be that your palate's evolving oh. as it does, like, you know, okay. kind of thing. I, I, would, I wouldn't know of any, any I'm, difference, but like, I'm evolving. <laughs> just becoming a pro. <laughs> I'm better, I'm getting better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Developing as yeah, It's yeah, good yeah. as well, though, because that's one thing that I loved about craft beer, especially when, because I do it, like, I love doing events, like, I love talking to people about beer, I love trying to get people involved, especially females, like, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and the one thing that I would always say is, like, the amazing thing is that everybody's taste buds are different, yeah, yeah. so something that you taste, I might not, mm-hmm. extra malt, I kind of taste it, but you can, um, so, yeah, it's just a development, so, like, it's open to interpretation, mm-hmm. and everybody can enjoy it, yeah, because it's like, oh, like, some sour beers, I mean, they're really funky, like, really sour. yeasty, yeah. oh, yeah, like, saisons and stuff like that. Um, people are kind of offended by it, but then you take one taste and you're like, oh, but then take another sip. Yeah. Your palate gets used to it. And then eventually it could be like one of your favorite styles. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I love that. I love that so much about craft beer. Like, I like a sour beer as a cleanser. Oh yeah. Kind of just to, yeah, between two different kind of things or even just when you finish, it's kind of, uh, I don't want too heavy one after Mm, a meal or something. Uh, But you're saying you're obviously when you went to apply for your first brewery and there was, like five girls that, yeah yeah and have you seen a development of females in the industry i'd or? say so yeah 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 because i've been i've been in the industry pretty much total seven years mm-hmm. um so no definitely yeah yeah it's, it's definitely becoming more inclusive um i don't know if you would be aware of this but like last year um it was, it was kind of like a me too movement mm-hmm. within the industry and uh, there was a, a female brewer in america mm-hmm. Bizarrely, our tag on Instagram is Rat Magnet. <laughs> Still don't know why, but anyway. Rat Magnet. Rat Magnet. No. But she, um, so uh, this was this was last year, but she put a thing on an Instagram just saying, um, any, you know, female brewers, have you ever been met with, like, sexism or have you been discriminated against because you're a female? And fuck me, like the amount of messages that she got, like mm-hmm. overwhelming. Wow. Like she was putting them on her stories, and it was like you'd be sitting there for like hours, like reading that. And I actually had to stop because it was wow. it was quite intense. Like, but it was the same, like um, you know, like people of color, um, people who you know, like LGBT, uh, just everybody flooding her Instagram with these messages, and it really took the the beer industry by fucking storm because it was mm-hmm. just like right, let's sit up and actually talk about this kind of thing. Okay. Um, and there's been huge movements since then. So she was more f- focused in America, but there was a girl, um, she's actually based in, in Edinburgh, and um, she's just called the British Beer Girl. Um, and she was like, right, let's maybe focus more on our side of the pond. Mm-hmm. 
any girls if you got stories and again hers fucking blew up but it all was one of the big ones on hers yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I heard about that one. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. your man done a um, James Watt who I I'm going to say this but I've met him in person and he's a prick <laughs> um, but uh, he there was a BBC documentary made yeah. about him and uh, he's taking them to court like he's suing them and it's just like but mate you, you doing that is actually a complete reaction of being like let people have their voice kind what, of thing what like. was the story um, uh, for people who aren't familiar with it so the story like was me. that Brewdog were like a really toxic ready to work for mm-hmm. they are really big now mm-hmm. um, but like a lot of stuff going on in the bars like um you know, there's just like women being treated badly, um, oh, and then there was a few things because they they're quite big in America now as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was having like affairs with like one of the staff members, or like there was just so many. You should watch the documentary. Okay. Like um, it was just a lot, a lot of really bad, <laughs> bad press. Um, so yeah, and then I heard like so this British beer girl who I've got so much respect for, like the fact that she'd done that, but he's he's suing her as well. He's taken her to court. And then they started um, um, like a kind of GoFundMe thing on Instagram for her to pay for the legal fees because mm-hmm. it was just like, this guy, like... Using all his money just kind of push, yeah, push mm-hmm. back on something that shouldn't be... Uh, how can I say? Uh, shouldn't be allowed to defend himself against... Yeah. Yeah. You know, obviously... You know, everyone has a right, extent, everyone has a right, but yeah. it's a bit harsh, like. Aye, yeah. But there was a lot, like, um, yeah, I think a lot of breweries have just been a bit like, right, actually, this is a new generation of brewing, like, because mm-hmm. people always think of, like, brewers being, like, an old fat man, yeah. you know, fucking sitting in a beer. But the industry's evolving so much, like, they have to keep up. Um, and, yeah, like, definitely more females getting involved. Um, and it's good on, on my side of things as well, because a lot, when you meet, like kind of females in the industry it'll be like oh they're part of the sales team or they're doing like pure amazing marketing and mm-hmm. blah 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 so like the more there's actually more physical female brewers now than, than there was when i started so and it's really good like when you go to events and stuff like that like just talking to people making connections that way yeah. exactly yeah 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 like kind of networking with them so um yeah no it's, it's definitely it's getting better it's nice to see that you got into a career like obviously your initial like love of beer and different flavors and all the rest of it and then you translated that into actually the production of it because that doesn't always enjoying something doesn't always necessarily mean that you're actually like Make it, building yeah it do you get to uh, yeah, make money from it yeah 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 because yeah. even like you know I love going to restaurants and my brief time working in a restaurant, I definitely don't love working in restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> you know, being on the other side of the service, like I don't have the passion doesn't translate to the to the back end of it. Yeah, I know what you mean. But yeah. it's, it's cool that you did have that. Like mm-hmm. I I guess it's it's very much a, like the tasting, the production of it, the how to create the different tastes. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. fascinating, like like it's, it's super interesting. But no no, you're dead right. Like um I feel really lucky. Uh, I suppose, like, um, again, everything helps for a reason. Um, but, like, if finals hadn't, you know, not given me the job that I wanted to, at the start, I mean, I could have still been working if they'd given me that job. Because yeah. I loved my life up there. Like, I was up in the Highlands. I was, like, living in a wee caravan right on the edge of Loch Fine. Like, it was stunning. Like, mm. and um, maybe I would still yeah. be there, you know, kind of thing. Or, like, maybe just doing, like, something that's not as creative as what I'm doing now. Yeah. Kind of thing. And then, obviously, boxing giving me the, the chance um, it just changed everything and it was through Buxton that I met Alex and Alan so like the owners of Whiplash kind of things we'd do festivals and stuff together Yeah. Um, and again Scottish and Irish come together drinking it was just like, yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> your best pals instantly yeah. um, so you can't brew all day I mean that's kind of part of it you uh, have a very good 
before you leave, what are you going to, I guess, miss about kind of oh, Dublin or yeah. Ireland or? I think uh, actually it's funny you should say because I was thinking about this when I was on the list coming in, and um, like. I feel really lucky that the the group, the group of friends that I made here, and it's particularly through Kian, um, like they've just been, they're just such lovely, lovely people, and they just completely embraced me into their group. I feel like I've known them all my life. Like they'll be the main thing. They'll be the main thing that I miss. Like the the, the good friends that I've got here. Um, yeah, like Dublin life. Like I suppose like two years of it was lockdown so I never really got to mm. properly fully experience the city because that was the thing like when I got the job I was like oh my god I'm moving to Dublin this is going to be amazing like fucking hell new life blah 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 and then yeah because I just didn't get the start off that life kind of mm. thing it was it's yeah. difficult I'm not going to lie like I think since we've been you know like since Freedom Day what was that like the 28th of January or whatever um, I was like oh, alright I'm going to go out and I'm going to do this and like I feel socially I'm kind of struggling to meet new people if you know what I mean like obviously I've got my group of friends and, and I've got people at work but actually putting yourself out there to meet new people yeah yeah like I'm single I'm, I'm not a big fan of dating apps I hate that fucking shit mm. like I just I was the generation after like that became a thing yeah I'm so bad at texting like I am such I'm a terrible texter yeah, yeah. so I'm like how am I going to start a relationship with this yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah even just like I don't know just like I, I, like um, speaking to people in, in smoking areas or beer gardens or whatever like I've just not found that vibe mm. Mm. yeah here well probably won't now but uh but yeah i struggled a wee bit after that but um so yeah like so i think it would be the people that i'm going to miss the most yeah. i miss i miss my job like there's no handing my notes in there it was one of the hardest things that i've ever done and it, but it was just like the internal stress of just being like i miss my family so much i miss my yeah. pals in scotland like there's just so much more opportunity uh, you know i really i'd love to think that i could own my own house soon mm-hmm. that would never happen here yeah. like no yeah. never happen it's here crazy isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. 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 and that makes me sad like yeah um to be like you know kind of close to 40 and still living in a big share house it was just like that is not what i wanted at all yeah. and like just what's, a- what's it like in scotland is it like more of a possibility oh definitely yeah you- yeah 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 i mean the rents obviously a lot cheaper but some parts is maybe getting a wee bit Edinburgh is obviously yeah. expensive Part, certain parts of Glasgow are kind of starting to become a wee bit more kind of bougie yeah. um, but in general no it's, 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 it's much easier to get a mortgage as well um, yeah. like I couldn't believe some of the rigmarole like a couple of my friends actually they're moving back to the UK as well for that reason alone mm-hmm. that they couldn't get a mortgage here yeah. um, but both in really good jobs um, you know like a couple with a dog like really wanting to settle down and start a family um, and they were t- telling me like the rigmarole the bank was putting them through just to not even get the mortgage just to be looked at yeah. for it mm. and it was costing them thousands and thousands of euros like and I was just like fucking hell man so much work it's, for an indefinite like exactly yeah yeah yeah. Um, it's infuriating like it's you, you could go like you get really under your skin because like you know I'm coming out of that age now as well where you get up like I just really want to stop like I've been renting for over I mean close to 15 years yeah yeah and you're like I just want something where you know you it, it, it's a little bit more mine every month. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to just money that's gone, and I know it's not money that's gone. You're paying for rent, and that's your home, and all the rest of it. But after a while, it does feel like it's mm-hmm. money that's gone. You're yeah. just like, and it's cheaper to get a mortgage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then there's the actually getting off that mortgage. Then it's just like here, like it's just 
it's, it's mad actually we were talking in the car I was like thinking about the amount of money you spent on rent it was like we could have had like three mortgages each Shops, like no, fucking hell I'd have a good deposit now if I saved the last uh, three years worth of yeah. rent towards yeah. it I, yeah. you know it's, it's incredible and I'm lucky enough to not be paying that much rent mm. Mm. some people are just like screwed for what they pay that's insane I often always think about what happens if you like if you knew how much money you spent on pints over the uh, years, <laughs> like Spotify rap, you put for the pub. Yeah, oh my god! Yeah. 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 Spent twenty-five thousand minutes in the pub <laughs> in the smoking area. Oh my god! For you, oh no! Yeah. 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 Like that shit. Your favorite pint was on the show list. That'd be fast. I check it. Your favorite. Every time I got it right with the social credit, you can keep track of every human. I mean, that's a way to put the numbers on. Yeah. Dang, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Be a depressing statistic. Yes. <laughs> Where's that money? Yeah, yeah between that and weed, I'm like, fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't know why, you know, like. Yes. <laughs> Pints and boojum as well. Yeah. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Oof. Funny. How many burritos have you scoffed? <laughs> <laughs> These much amount of rice, like. <laughs> Actually, fell out with Bujum like uh, when I lived with Keen and, mm. and another friend, Eamon, I just called them the Bujum brothers. <laughs> just constantly, like every like a Wednesday or something, you and the Bush. Um, they kept getting my order wrong. Like they kept giving me like their toppings, and like, I, I don't like spicy stuff. And uh, it was like fucking hot sauce. I'm like, yeah. come on. So I've actually I fell out with Bujum. Yeah. yeah. Mm. These lads have brought me in actually a couple of weeks ago. Uh, treated them uh, to yeah, a it's, it's good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. the little, there used to be the stamp card. Yeah. When you got forty bujums, they give you the t-shirt. The t-shirt. Kid yeah. was it. fucking mad for that t-shirt when he's got one. Oh, oh, yeah, sure. yeah. I was missing two stamps before I left Ireland for the first time, and now it's on the app, so I can't lose them. I'm missing six stamps. Oh. But can six they stamps and I get the t-shirt? It's a serious question. Can they? I have a stamp at home with about eight on it, yeah. uh, and I guess the old card. They won't transfer that onto your actual thingy. Oh, sure. They're bastards. No, they no, won't. I've tried okay. three different ones on. They're like, oh, oh, how do we know that's serious, man? They <laughs> <laughs> don't have like, just like a fucking t shirt, man. I don't have a fucking. <laughs> getting money from I've or something. bought a stamp maker at home, you know. <laughs> 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 and you, like, you know, you fraudied the fucking vision thing. Like, yeah, I made my stamps. Stamps. Yeah, I know. Oh, God, that's funny. Selling stamps everywhere. Out of the stall in the toilet, being like, "Yeah, you want a stamp? Yeah. Two euro, two euro for a stamp." Black market stamps. Oh god! And not the right stamp. <laughs> so the people have been like a big part of why you've enjoyed it so much. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Yeah, shout out to them, Barry, Jess, the crew, the hams. OG hams. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, because I think as well, like. Um, when the lockdown first kicked in, uh, I was just working all the time. Like, because I mean, we actually the brewery actually got busier. Yeah. Like, because a lot of breweries like closed yeah. or people got put on furlough or whatever the the government payment or whatever. But um, we actually got busier. Like, we opened our online shop, um, yeah. and because we do everything in house, like the cannon line and everything, um, it used to be a case of there would ex- external people would come in and help with the cannon. But when lockdown kicked in, they were like, not it's only the like the actual staff that are allowed to be there. So we'd be doing our normal job and working on the cannon line as well. So, um, yeah, it was just like work, home, cans, joints, sleep, repeat, like for fucking six months. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which is brilliant. No, it actually was. It was. It was good crack. Because uh, then I was working with Kian. Um, so yeah, we just come home with slabs like every day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. our, our housemate Renee uh, got in on that as well. But, uh, but yeah, so no, I definitely think like I mean I'm. 
definitely like a, a very much a people person yeah. um, so that's that's the thing that, that I'll, I'll miss the most like my housemates as well I've got a really class group of girls that I live with um, Whereabouts do you live? So I'm in St Catharines in Dublin 8 so just up okay. from it's, it's next to Portobello kind of okay. between Portobello and Rialto yeah alright um, so yeah just like really lovely housemates like we got on so well together we do loads of stuff together drinking pretty much yeah. <laughs> loads of stuff yeah. just drinking tank eating dinner <laughs> oh god um so and yeah like i say like I, I'll, I'll miss work as well but the way i was looking at it like i was saying i was in this really bizarre internal dilemma of, of what to do in my life <laughs> i was kind of weighing up the pros and cons and uh, yeah it was just like there's you know there's so many pretty jobs and i don't think i'll ever get one again like this just because the team we're all kind of the same age okay you know and it's just it's crack like we just go and fucking laugh have such a good time like um so i don't think i'll ever be able to replicate that environment again but i was like there's so many jobs but there's only one family and you know like i I don't want to 100 percent. yeah 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 and they're getting older as well and it's just like oh god the more i'm awake it's like 13 years pretty much i've been moving about for yeah yeah um so yeah it's just kind of like amazing amazing stories i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) so many um so so yeah, and I mean Dublin is a city, like we were saying, like it is very much like Glasgow as well. And I feel a wee bit like, and, and Ireland in general, like I've not really had the opportunity to, to explore as much as I wanted to. Like I wanted to go through to Sligo, I wanted to go to Dingle. That was my main thing, like I really need to go to Dingle. Um, and I, I don't think it's going to happen. Because yeah. even if I was to go, it would fucking probably be shite weather. I wouldn't be able to see anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, not a great time to go um, right now. Never been to Cork. I really wanted to go to Cork. I managed to get to Galway. Hmm. Uh, at the end of September there I went through to work at a beer festival with Galway Bay mm-hmm. um, and but yeah it was, I was only there for a couple of days and then the one day that I had free I was like oh I'm going to go exploring and of course it fucking yeah. pissed down Classic. so I just sat in the pub all day yeah. <laughs> uh, there was nothing else for it so so yeah I feel a wee I've got a couple of wee regrets and not well Ireland's not going anywhere exactly yeah. that's it yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And, you're very close yeah and I, I will be back like yeah. again just because my friends here, like, because um, that's what I was thinking. I was like, "Fuck, I'm going to miss these guys so much." Like, yeah. Um, like I say, like, yeah, when I met them, it was just like I'd known them mm-hmm. all my life. Ah, you'll be back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100% you'll be back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Actually, I've got, I've got a couple of gigs that I've got tickets for, so I'll definitely be coming yeah. back for that. Yeah, but, um, but no, you're right, mate. It's not going anywhere. Come uh, here. As like a beer lover, right, or a craft beer lover. Would you recommend any particular bars or pubs around Dublin that's a good spot for a good beer? Definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Dudley's up in Thomas Street. Mm-hmm. Um, really, I love, I love Dudley's. I love the fact that it's still got its like kind of old school personality of the pub it was before, but it's a craft beer bar. Yeah. And the staff are really good as well. Love it in there. The Big Romance up in Parnell Street, obviously. Um, and then, oh, my mind's went blank. Uh, Whiplash are actually about to open a bar just really close to here. Um, okay. The old Dice Bar. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we've taken that over. So that'll, hopefully that'll be open before Christmas, right. actually, like, um, which is a couple of weeks away. Um, Underdog have opened a new place as well. I don't know if you know, they used to be on Dame Street. Underdog, next to Brogan's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it Crogan's? Brogan's. Brogan's, yeah. Brogan's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brogan's? It was underneath it's- Brogan's. What's this? Is, is, is there Krogans and Brogans? There's a Grogans, a Brogans, Krogans, <laughs> Nogans. It's under the theatre. It's next to the Olympia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so they've opened a new place again. It's, it's really close to here, I believe. Okay. Um, where else? God, I can't believe my mind's went blank. Do you know if, the, if they're going to open it as the dice bar again? Or it's no, be- it'll be it's, it's going to be called Fidelity. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's um, so like I was saying, um, our beer festival 
that, that Whiplash yeah. does. It's, it's in collaboration with the Big Romance, same as the bar. Um, so it's like we're doing the beer, they're doing the bar okay. type thing, but we're in it together. Yeah. Um, but no, it will be a specific craft beer bar kind of thing. So I think there's 22 lines. Wow, if, I, if, if I'm right. Mm. Um, a lot of intricate work going into it. Like um, my boss Alex, like he's a very, very intelligent man. And yeah, he's really creative when it comes to this stuff. So um, it's going to be something else. But the good thing, because it's such a big space, they're only opening the bar just so that we can get it up and going. So they're opening that hopefully before Christmas, like I say. Um, but then moving forward, there's going to be like a restaurant space. Nice. Um, venue, like a music venue space, and I think they're talking about possibly turning the offices into Airbnbs. Okay. But it would be like, <laughs> I love this <laughs> idea. It would be like a and b just for the session. Yeah. <laughs> so it's oh, like you're yeah. above this pub, you pay a big deposit, fucking do what you want. Like yeah. I think that's brilliant. Like, I think I'll probably do them off on that when I come back right. over. Like, yeah. <laughs> mm, sounds good. Um, that's fun. So and then I think they were talking about maybe trying to do like a kind of small artist space as well. Like so for artists to freelance artists to go in and out and and, and do that kind of thing. So. It's going to be mega. Like, and actually, I'm quite sad because we've had the keys for it for ages, but it's just taken so long yeah. for it to come up and running. And it's like, oh, it's not just as I'm going. Of my experience of watching grand designs over the years, all this pushed out. Yeah. Poor Kevin. Yeah. Oh God, for Kevin. Oh God, what a show. Guy. Absolutely. So it's brilliant. I enjoy it as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but no, I think it's, it's going to be really. Mm. It's going to be a, yeah, a good spot. Exactly. And I think this whole bit as well, like. Um, uh, Frank Ryan's, I love that bar. Like oh, it's yeah. such we were just a classic bar. Episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, every episode Frank Ryan's get mentioned. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was actually thinking I might go there for my dinner once I'm finished. You guys, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't get a pint and a pizza. Easy. Um, so so dark. But, uh, uh, so yeah, it's brilliant. It's like you can hardly see the person in front of it, you. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It it has this weird time warp. Like you don't even you don't what time of day. It yeah, is. yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. You've just got your pint <laughs> in the conversation. And, and actually, ridiculously nice pizza. Oh, the pizzas mm. are amazing. I was so shocked the first time I had it. I was like, this is fucking What's classic. Cook like, lane, cook lane pizza. Cook lane, the one at the circular. Oh, that's another good. That's another good bar <laughs> for the circular and Rialto. That's another. That's another good recommendation. But but Frank Ryan's is on Cook Lane. Ah. And then the pizza there is Cochrane Pizza. Right, and so did they, they start it then? They started, it started there right. within Frank Ryan's and then they extended out into a couple of different bars. So I also think Lucky's is Lucky's on Mead Street. Circular, yeah, and yeah, Circular, yeah. And Circular, and they're owned by the same company mm-hmm. and then Cochrane have done a collaboration with them. The Magnus. I was just about to say that, mate. Yeah, the Thomas Reynolds, Agnes Brown's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agnes Brown's. Because funnily enough, um, when I first moved, excuse me, when I first moved here, um, Frank, uh, Agnes Brown's was supposed to be our bar, we had the lease okay, for it. Okay. And they were ripping it all out, like getting it all sorted, and then obviously uh, COVID hit, and then that was that. But the, the landlord was being a dick, and he was just like, basically, they were saying they still had to pay for it, even though they weren't making any money, so mm. they gave it up. Mm. But then, I right enough, the guys that have got that, that group took over and uh, turned it into the magnet. And then they have, uh, so I don't know if, if um, is it the Antisocial Social Club and Jackie's are connected, because there's a couple of groups that are hitting that type of, you know, millennial, Gen Z kind of age group of mm-hmm. bars where they're, they're craft beers, but they also have a bit of nostalgia, yeah. but they also have a bit of like, we're super cool and urban. Yeah, they're going to do like some funky food offering kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, see, because what's the one up there in Fibsborough? It's um, the sports bar, the back page. Oh, I like it up there actually, yeah. Uh, they, I think they own, they might be involved in it. There's kind of, who, who owns the back page? They're the same guys who own the Bernard Shaw, I think. As well. Right, right, okay. Uh, so there's a couple of these kind of groups who are 
owned by the same age group of manager who are trying to produce the same thing so I always kind of get them mixed right. up but, <laughs> but that whole Thomas Street Liberty yeah, Main very Street so. uh-huh. very very trendy very very cool for uh, kind of nice bars good beer yeah. um, and you're kind of close to a lot of other events exactly yeah yeah like I think Dublin 8 is actually a really good mm-hmm. good, good part of town like mm-hmm. it's funny as well because I was speaking to someone who's, who's from here and uh, we're talking about places to go and I was like oh what about Thomas Street and he was like that's like the fucking Scottish street yeah. in Dublin. I was like, I know this glass. Yeah. You got you to risk it. That <laughs> yeah. gotta, That's life it. has to be on the edge. Exactly, you know, man. Yeah, yeah. It was like, you know, if you finish your fight, you can nip over to Little. Yeah. Okay, you're done. Go home. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dublin, though. Like, yeah. I used to live in uh, the Coombe, um, up uh, just Country. off Mead Street, uh, in a place called Grey Square. Yeah. Um, lovely, like, little, there's little cottages there. They're really nice. But, like, it's, it's, proper authentic Dublin around there you know you walk around on the Sundays you say go to Little or whatever yeah. the lads or a lad trying to sell me a TV when I was walking around <laughs> that's it but like genuine like real nice people it's also the oldest part of Dublin there. yeah that's it like it's got a lot of history yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of history mm-hmm. around there um, and it's a pity like you can still see Mead Street is tri- like has the the markety vibe to mm-hmm. it but you can imagine what that was like 20 years oh, ago oh yeah women yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it's not chirping away getting selling their their wares and everything yeah but like they have the ivy market which is at the back of um uh i think it's called lane alley or lane road it's uh it's kind of near christchurch there but um it was being occupied but dublin city council have since told the landlord uh, it was unoccupied and dublin city council told the landlord that he starts needs to start using it mm, yeah 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 shit's gonna get legal and uh, <laughs> I don't know they can't I don't know if they can take it over but uh, it's going to be legal proceedings and then uh, that was the official letter but they put on markets there and everything and I think uh, it's 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 kind of really it's, it's a like, you know we've said it for the last five years so it's going to be it's going to be really popular in the next five ten yeah, yeah, years up and coming, up and you've been coming. saying it for yeah. ten years like you know <laughs> But uh, I say there's going to be just massive renovations, massive kind of change. Mm. Every, there's so much being built around the Cork Street area as well that they're kind of trying to make that a little bit more urbanized rather than just residential as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot, lot, you know, watch this space. Yeah, watch yeah. This space <laughs> the area. I'll come back in 10 years saying, like, I'm still watching this space. Like, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> Really, Lindsay, you were you were good enough to give us a bit of time on a Sunday, and I know that you were celebrating last night. Yeah. So <laughs> you you uh, won the the award or the medal for you know plowing through, not complaining, having the crack, uh, bringing your sense of humour. So I'll wear that with pride. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like our Blue Peter badge. <laughs> yeah. You get one for being hungover and doing it. It's the only way function. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah. No, thank you for having me. It's been lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We'll let you go off and have that Frank Ryan's pint. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably won't be too far behind you. Um, yeah. Cheers all. Cheers, Ross. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you. See you in the next one. See so, you. <laughs> there you go.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.